Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewis Maine. This is Doug Doherty. I'm from Center Country, Norman, Oklahoma. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health. Hi, Manita Kinlan here, wishing you a great day from Wind River, Wyoming. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is Shirley May, Cincinnati, Ohio. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, Aloha, Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. In a nutshell, we were saying last week that as we allow our explorers to be more present, and when the analyzer tries to kick in, especially on the work that we're doing on our journey together, explore the analyzer. And Tanya brought up something that I think is really key. Our egos will trip the analyzer. Our egos are very good at feeding the analyzer. So nine out of 10 analyzing is driven by the old ego for what it's worth. The question that I tossed out there about pacing, I have people who have started this program over seven years ago, and they're still re-going through the program because the first time they went through the program, kind of like that old onion analogy, they peeled off one layer. And then when they go through the program again, they have another aha layer and so forth. So if you're feeling pressured that you're not getting everything you can possibly get out of this first pass through the material, <laughs> don't worry about it. 
we will have plenty of other chances to get through more material as time goes on. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Sure does. Yeah. I guess the important thing is, is take the pressure off. Whenever you think that you're not doing it right or you're not spending enough time or you're feeling pressured about this journey, take a breath, recognize that you're going to get what you're ready to get out of it this pass through. So does that help everybody go, That's awesome. Yes, sir. Good. Next, Doug had a fabulous suggestion for an additional ground rule. And while everybody is voting yes to it, Cheryl, you brought up a really important part. So have you, Tonya. Do you want to voice some of your suggestions so that we can have a quick dialogue about Doug's addition ground rule? Basically, the ground rule is to encourage others in the group by complimenting their accomplishments. The part that kind of raised a red flag was the second part, by pressing them within reason and with only helpful intentions. So I suggested that as a way to mediate this ground rule is we certainly can be doing plenty of complimenting in the forum. And if you personally are open to being, in Doug's words, pressed a little more, pushed or or prodded or whatever term, if you want us as a group to help you poke around even more, you would put that in a, a blog post and be really specific about it. So that was my amendment. Out of curiosity, Cheryl, what tripped it for you on Doug's suggestion? Can you give us a little backstory? When I was reading it and it said, I agree to encourage others in the group and complimenting their accomplishments, that's great. I have done that for years. If I see anything with anybody, I've always given them a compliment, no matter what, and I like to build them up and maybe give an insight or something. But when his ground rule said, by pressing them to explore themselves more deeply than they are willing to go, that pushed me wrong. (laughs) That, to me, was kind of saying that this person or this person, whichever is pressing the other, is putting their belief on the other person, saying, hey, you kind of need to believe the way I need to be see and the way that I need to see is right. You're not doing it, so you need to wake up. I just didn't feel that that was what I wanted to do to people. I'm very willing to compliment, help them, give them insights that I know, but I don't want to press them. Okay. I appreciate that, and I sincerely enjoy the reflection because As we talked about in our first couple of calls, this is about you. This is self-reflection and self-direction. So how about if we say that we approve Doug's addition with the slight amendment that if you want us as a team or if you're open to team suggestion or team 
for lack of better words, prodding, that in your blog entry, you can state something, and then you can state the type of support you want from the team and be specific. Otherwise, we'll give you as much kudos as we can, but until you ask for it, we'll just make sure that we mind our business. How's that sound? Is, does that sound like a medium point? It does sound, sound like, like a it. good point. So maybe we could yep. come up with a real simple, a real simple two-word phrase for that. And that is? Like feedback welcomed. Okay. That sounds great. Feedback welcomed. I have learned that an open generic feedback welcome means that if I want to tell you to go jump on the lake because you're a stupid idiot, well, you did ask for feedback. (laughs) (laughs) But if you say constructive feedback welcome, now we're talking. (laughs) Yeah, let's make this constructive. Yeah, yeah. Part of the work in the spiritual energy is I've learned, like, when people say, well, I want to be rich and wealthy. And I said, well, I know of three clients who got a hundred and some million dollars in the bank because they've been through eight different surgeries because of four different accidents. Is that how you want to be wealthy? And they're like, oh, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. Doug, thank you for adding that suggestion to our ground rules. I appreciate that. My pleasure. So we will incorporate that in our ground rules. Marsha, what's our first breakout question? Our first breakout question is what feelings, happiness, sadness, anxiousness, joy, pain, versus thoughts, which are judgments, critiques, analysis, got stirred up from exercise four on diplomas, trophies, and more. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Marcia, why am I asking us to focus on feelings versus thoughts? Because feelings are non-judgmental. When we have feelings, it's easier to really ask yourself to explore the feeling, I think, because we don't need to judge our feelings. Nobody has the right to judge how we're feeling or how I'm feeling. It's just that's how I'm feeling. And now I can go and further explore that feeling and maybe figure out why did I feel that way? Exactly. Feelings are what rewires us at a core level. If I asked you to tell me what you were feeling a year ago, one year ago, you can probably pop back to July and quickly get kind of a sense of how you were actually feeling overall, in a nutshell. But if I asked you to pop back and ask you exactly what were you thinking Wednesday, July 28th, 2014, unless you've kept a journal, could you really tell me what you were thinking, right? See the difference? Right. Carl. When you were doing exercise four and looking at your past successes, remembering past successes, what were some of your primary feelings that popped up? My primary feelings felt like I was lacking, lacking something all my life and never knew what it was. That was the feelings. And I never realized just how much that I shut myself off to people. Those are the feelings that I get and 
I'm still doing it on the call, and I really am sorry for that. It's just a little gun-shy, I think. I got to know the people that I'm talking with real well, and I know Rick real well, and seen him on the Entrepreneurial Power Hour, so I know him very well, and I know you quite well. You know, I don't know much about Cindy, but it's not about a judgment, I don't guess. As most of my life, that's pretty much what I've had, one judgment or another. So, really hard to express myself because of the hurt that I'm afraid I might get out of it, I guess you could say, and I don't want to go there. So, I kind of block it off. That way, I don't, and I just take in what I can of the positive. So, I have a lot of mixed feelings about different things that I've done in my past, and I need to push all of that away, but it's very, very difficult, especially when it keeps coming back up all the time. And I don't know how to fix it, so I'm hoping someone will help me. Well, one suggestion is take a look at Tonya's post, in her most recent post in her blog post, and I think that will give you some really yummy stuff to, to chew on. Carl, what you just said was so powerful to me that it meant so much that you could share that with us. Your heart is so open, Carl, and I commend you for what you just did. I think that's all part of it because when I did the exercise too, I felt the same way as you, but in a different way. I looked at all these trophies and pieces of paper that I had and all the things that I did, and I never really did it before. And when I looked back on them, I thought, what am I lacking in my life? The same way that you thought. I was thinking the same thing, like, gosh, how can these pieces of paper mean really anything to me? And then I remembered how I felt when I got them. Actually, I was really disappointed of the feeling when they gave me that piece of paper. It was just like a piece of paper, dude. It wasn't anything. And then I went over the whole thing, and I'm more of a nature guy. I always look to nature for my cue and to other people, not to pieces of paper. I would look to you, what you said to me would be way more important to me than any piece of paper that I've gotten in my whole life, because you're a person, and it means something to me, what you feel, what you say. I feel like I can trust you with about anything I have to say, because you don't have a judgment call like most people I have met. We seem to want to think they're better than me or like for instance my children I said to them when they left do your best well now they did their best but the difference is my sister didn't say the very same things to her kids with you Rick I could tell that you was very sincere to me when I said even though it was kind of jokingly that we said it on our hour I could tell that you took it real well and I really thank you for making me feel better because when I said that, I was crying when I just said because when I try to express myself, I go to an emotional state and I don't want to go there, but I don't have a choice. So Ask my like, wife about that. About <laughs> She's sitting right oh, here. Geez, Carl. I can really relate to you with that one. Anything that is an emotional thing at all, over the years, all these years, I just turned 59. If anything emotional comes up, I just start tearing up and it just comes out. I don't go, Whoa, or ball or anything, but there's no stopping the tears. 
and then I can't talk. And then people say, oh, I'm sorry I said anything, which just makes it ten times worse. So yes. I absolutely That's know true. what you're yes. talking about. That is something that I would really like to know, and I have realized this for, gosh, probably over 30 years, but I've never found exactly what it is that will make me stop that because I still do it. I have found that what triggers me is if someone gives me or even someone else a compliment or, yes, a sincere compliment that they really didn't have to or they did something nice that they didn't have to, I guess it would basically be showing me love that they didn't have to and it just cheers me up that somebody would do that. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is in your case, but I can definitely relate to you on that, just getting choked up and not being able to say anything. Cheryl, what you were just talking about as far as receiving compliments, do you have a hunch that as we get into this whole balancing thing of receiving first, then giving, how important it is to receive that compliment? Oh, I know how important it is, and I see myself blocking them and bouncing them back all the time, and I've, it's something I've worked on for a long time. It's just my self-worth saying, hey, you don't deserve those compliments, so don't say them to me. I grew up in a very, very critical household, <laughs> and there was no concern destructive criticism. There was only destructive. By the time I even went to grade school, I couldn't talk to anyone. Something had happened to me so that it closed me off. And I have a feeling that that, whatever the key is right here of what we're talking about, will unlock everything. If I can really figure out why this bothers me and I start to tear up and can't talk when I see compliments or something good, people just doing something good for someone. I myself have trouble taking that same situation and going anywhere with it at all because when I was being raised, it was all in a negative tone and it was, like you said, it was destructive. Oh, you can't do that. Well, over the course of time, it sunk in that I couldn't do that. And then over the course of time again, I found another way to stop being able to do that. And slowly I open up, but slowly I go back into my little shell again. It's like like a little tortoise. They pull their head out, they look around. Has anything changed? What can I do to change it? And the feelings really get intense with me because I want to change them so much. And when I was talking to Soul before, it's hard for me to open up to people because I'm afraid they're going to come across and say, oh, you did this wrong, and you need to do this right. And But I don't feel that with Soul, and I don't feel that with Rick, and now I don't feel that with you, Cheryl, because we relate on that subject matter of people putting us down, empowering us, rather to empower us for good, empower us for destruct, self-destruct. And so that's what has been my problem over the course of time is 
I go into that self-destruct mode where I just like shut down. I don't want anything to do with anybody. I just leave me alone. And it's not good for me because I'm just the opposite of I relate to Carl also because after I got hit with lightning, I felt real isolated from the world. I was 46 years old and had been doing surgery 25 years, and I was a champion surfer at the time, and I was practically incontinent after I got hit. I couldn't socialize anymore. I lost my home, my jobs, and... And you didn't even know me. I got my bell rang for like six months where I had temporary amnesia sort of in and out. And I realized at that time that life is sort of like a wave and it pulses. You have your ups and downs because after I recovered from getting hit by lightning, I would have my good days and my bad days like a 90-year-old man. Well, now I only have good days and I'm going to be 57 this year. I only ride the crest of the wave and the tube now. And that's the only thing I'm riding in my life, that pulse, because I choose to ride it now that way. I have my ups and downs. I still eat the bottom of the ocean sometimes, but I'm going forward every day no matter what. But I relate to you, Carl, in that way too, because I had everything in the palm of my hand in one day, and then it was kaboom. Adios. <laughs> the divine struck. Surf's up, Rick. <laughs> That's right. Marsha, you want to recap some of the ahas from your group? There were two different perspectives shared about what other people wanted from us. For example, Doug, he really felt joy in knowing that he could fulfill some expectations of other people. For me, it was different. I realized that I was fulfilling expectations of other people, but it gave me that clue to pain. (laughs) It didn't agree with me too well. So it was interesting. David is on blitz with what is happening for him right now. So that's fantastic. It's that grand purpose already. Right on. David's taking that red pill, just like Mr. Rick. (laughs) I love it. Cheryl, what were some of the highlights from your team? I guess we got off track a little and started going on feelings of how everything made us feel. Our biggest thing that we decided made a big difference in our lives was the thoughts and the judgments that we put on ourselves in receiving our awards and certifications and everything else. They didn't feel as good because we couldn't accept them and received them as healings with happiness. Hmm, Okay. You got a little deeper into the actual receiving part of it, okay? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Good stuff. We're talking about receiving. That's what we're diving into. It was interesting over at Team 3. There was a sense of a three-way balance. Shirley, bless her heart, she really put some work into this exercise. She went into her closet and she got those physical trophies out, and she related to each trophy with an emotion, emotionally connected with that memory associated with that trophy, and I thought that was some incredible work. And Chris showed great appreciation for those non-physical trophies. So, yeah, I really saw a lot of balance in Team 3, and we had a lot of great conversation. Particular aha on your end, you personally? I saw the trophies, the rewards, as non-physical. 
the first go around with this exercise, I really butted heads with ego and I had to put down the exercise for a day or two and then revisit it. When I revisited, I was filled with peace and joy. Perfect. Good job, everybody. I just want to say that I feel so much passion in this group, so much energy from so many different personalities, and these polarities somehow jive together. We come from such different walks of life. These polarities are actually synchronicities, I'm feeling, and there's going to be a lot to gain from this group, let me tell you. We're all on fire. We're on fire. I want to thank you guys both. You and Marsha for doing this for us. You guys are incredible human beings. I love you guys so much. Mm, Mahalo, mahalo. Marsha, we actually counseled out about a half a dozen people. True? Yes, very true. (laughs) You want to share why? We counseled them out because I know that if they would have come into our group, they really would have brought the energy level down. I want to have people in our group where we're on the same vibration, where we don't see life as a place without joy, where we don't see life as a drudgery. And so many people want to come into the program, but their vibrations are just, not one that's healthy or going to help the group. I have to admit, in the seven years I've been doing this, this has got to be one of my more eclectic teams. I will own up to that, and I'm so loving it. (laughs) 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 I'm loving it. All right. Pondering back our ground rules, specifically our rules about doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, How did this fresh set of ground rules that not only includes addressing those traits, but addressing traits of balance, balancing doing with being, balancing giving compliments and asking for compliments, how did this fresh set of ground rules shape how you did exercise for? This is David. I really was watching for worry and guilt and watching for those what I call the negative end of my stick, I watch for those things popping up. I watch for those kind of go-driven things, those memories that weren't really attached to how I really see myself in terms of, like, God's eyes. And so I watch that as a filter. I mean, I put the filter in place before diving in. The outcome then, I think, was a lot more focused on what do I really see as my worth here? What do I really see as valuable? What gets me tuned in, tapped in, turned on. And that's what I want to put forth. That's what I want to give out. That's what I want to share. The other thing, oh, yeah, i got to acknowledge those too, but maybe not so much. I already know what I don't want. I'm good. Now let's focus on what I do want. <laughs> so that's my feedback on that is those ground rules shape how I went about doing this exercise by saying, you know what, when they come up, notice, notice. You're an observer, observe it but we're not exploring there anymore. That's what I got out of that. This is Kareem. I used to look at negative outcomes all the time, whatever I was going to do. Now that I changed my outlook to all the things that can go right instead of wrong, start focusing on what I do want, I realize my life has changed in a lot of ways, and the ground rules just help reinforce that. Awesome, Kareem. Nice. Doug? 
were you thinking about the ground rules when you were doing it, or what took place for you? Most of the ground rules I kind of do naturally. I'm not very judgmental. I don't really condemn myself a lot, at least not consciously, maybe a little bit subconsciously. I don't worry a lot. Never have. But now that I was looking back on the question and what I went through when I was thinking about the exercise, one of the things that did stand out to me was ground rule three, talking about balancing the thinking and doing. I realized that so many times in trying to improve myself with things like this program, most of the time I just do a lot of reading and a lot of thinking about it where with this one, I actually did the exercise, so I was really proud of myself for that. <laughs> and at the same time, I challenged myself when I was doing the exercise to really go after the feelings and the emotions tied with things because I'm really analytical. I don't feel a lot, I guess is the way I want to say it, even though I'm a pretty emotional guy. You know how a lot of people go up and down a lot in their emotions like a roller coaster. I'm not like that very much. My highs aren't real high and my lows aren't real low. So when I was going through this and I was actually trying to focus on the actual ups and downs I had, I use that first thing when I was baptized as an example because when I decided that Sunday morning that I wanted to give my life to Christ in Sunday school, what happened was that particular week, the pastor didn't do an altar call. And I was like nine or ten at the time, probably. I realized how absolutely crushed I was. I mean, I knew I was in my head because I walked out to the car in tears and my dad had to settle me down and figure out what was going on and walk me back in to talk to the pastor because I was so distraught that they didn't do the altar call that time when I was ready for it. <laughs> Looking back on it, when I tried to really feel that, I have a real hard time doing that, first off. I actually did put myself back into it and try to really connect with that. And I guess I got a lot more work to do because it was really, really difficult to bring up feelings like that. Just the fact that I was actually trying to do it was a big step for me. <laughs> so I like that because normally I just put the feelings aside and go on with the business of living and trying to get done what I'm trying to do. So. That was really helpful, and I'm going to really make that a focus of this whole program to connect with those feelings that are so alien to me. Perfect. Well, thank you. As I did the exercise for, it starts off with the boxes, right? That's basically what he wants us to look at, those boxes, as if we have a whole lot of experiences, and each experience, whether it's large or small, and sometimes we might overlook some of our experiences. Well, I was thinking to myself at first, oh boy, I'm pretty lucky with the box situation here. I really didn't bring anything with me, so there's not a whole lot of boxes for me to look at. But as I kept going on this journey, I realized, geez, he said the boxes were experiences. I actually have a lot of experiences, although they're not actually in my house. They're really in my heart and my mind. As I looked at the ground rules, honestly, I really wasn't afraid anymore because I decided right then and there, it's time to open up. It's time to open up and tell my story. Whether it was good or bad, it is time. 
did this hour once again go? It did. Fast. Very fast. Yes. So how about your ahas? The biggest aha for me with this question was it was really interesting to be conscious of those ground rules and then to be able to observe and explore when some of those feelings that, hey, I don't have 100 billion for this one, 100 trillion for this one. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. And to be really conscious of that and then saying, I'm now ready to step into who I really want to be. I'm really willing to step in and live my dream, live my best life right now and share that. That was my big aha. Beautiful. Beautiful, Tanya. Wow. My biggest aha really occurred just in this moment. I realized, looking back on my week, how the ground rules played a role in every moment of my day because there's an emotional attachment. When someone says the word $100 trillion, there's an emotional attachment we all have to that amount, whether it's 100 trillion stones or dollars or shoes or whatever, the 100 trillion. We have an emotional attachment to that. And so throughout my day, any time any type of negative energy, negative thought would come up that would kind of steer me from my path, I would step back and consider, do I have 100 trillion seconds, minutes, $100 trillion to use on this thought? And it got me back in line quickly. And from Tonya's breakout session, she kindly asked that for the rest of study groups team ones and teams two, that her organization would be more than happy to accept your check. So she'll be sending along envelopes and... (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Tonya. (laughs) Next person, Shirley. Shirley, what was your aha? My biggest aha was when I went through my closet and came up with some things that I had forgotten about in my past that I had accomplished, so... That was the big aha for me, because my brain just forgot about some of it. <laughs> some of that energy came back online, eh? Yep. Nice. Nice. Chris? Oh, boy. For me, it was about knowing that there's always something to be accomplished every day. And I did do some stuff I had to do today, and I'm going to go on the water cooler and talk about it. And thanks. Thank you. Mr. Rick? It wasn't necessarily the subject so much, but it was how the group is together and you can just have somebody to talk about your life and talk to people shame-free, guilt-free, and worry-free. That's been my big aha thing through my whole life. The profession that I worked in and where I worked was very judgmental. So I don't feel judged by the group. I feel a lot of love and cohesiveness. So my aha is that people are out there that are so different from you, but they can still get together and love each other and learn from each other. And I appreciate everyone in the group because I'm learning so much. Thank you. Mm, Mahalo, mahalo. We'll pass it right along to Cheryl. Aloha. In doing exercise four, as I dug down, my awards, my certificates and everything, doing the exercise actually got me to see what I did feel about it and that I did have a sense of worth and did make me feel good about me. And I think that the worst part is the best part of any of the awards that I've ever received is how it made me feel so good inside when I put out the effort to do something and felt I deserved it. So you gave yourself permission to receive 
Yes, yes, you could say that. <laughs> and even with a little bit of a crap, yeah, yeah, fine, I receive, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much hmm. as I bounce it off, but yeah. <laughs> I see. All right, Cheryl, tough nut here, tough nut. Marsha, we've got our work cut out for us here. Al Davis? Yes, Carl. My aha moment was realizing that I'm so hot on myself, how can I ever accomplish anything? So that's what I come out of all that about, is as a group, we've had different problems in our lives, some negativities, and I just love it that we can actually exercise that and get it out of us, because so long I've had it pent up, and I believe that this is the place that we can exercise that energy and just get it out of us without any judgmental people to judge us along the way. That's what I'm picking up out of the feelings that I'm feeling in our group and with us tonight. And I really appreciate everyone that actually pointed that out to me and I didn't acknowledge it. And I'm very hard on myself, which... That's the biggest thing is getting over myself. I don't think it's the other people, it's me. i got to get over myself. So I appreciate you letting me step in there for a second. Well, by the time we're done with our journey, Carl, as you listen to this recording, you're going to think back a year from now, and you're going to go, how could I possibly? And then we're all going to just smile. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Kareem, your aha. My aha actually came with something I've been recently reading about. I was recently studying with another mentor of mine, the subject of Kaizen, and I've been doing that for a while when I get something little done. It doesn't have to be anything big. It could be making a sandwich, making my bed, doing something with a website, getting a workout in. I feel a little bit better as I get every task done. It doesn't have to be a huge task. Getting on this call is a task today. I feel really good because I got on the class because I'm improving myself a little bit each day. And that starts to build a momentum like a snowball. I'm sure by the end of this class, I'll have a huge snowball that I can use to smash any limiting belief. And I want to thank everybody here for their insights because I'm learning a lot each day. Beautiful. Well, Marsha, is it fair to say that Kareem's snowball might be more like an avalanche by the time we're done? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> it's very fair to say. <laughs> Get your skis on, Kareem. Get your skis on. (laughs) Marsha, before we get to your ah ahas, Doug, what were your takeaways for today? The biggest ah aha that I got on this, pretty much my whole life has been chasing a multitude of experiences without ever really figuring out how I felt about them as I was going through them. I've done a lot of things, and I'm not really that in touch with my feelings. And I kind of blow past experiences and enjoy the experience as it happens, but I never really dwell on it or explore deeper into it. So I'm going to focus my class time and exercises on doing that with myself, getting more in touch with my feelings about things. And as a branch out of that, I really want to explore closer when I relate to others, how they really feel about things and what's really important to them so that I can relate on a more, I guess, human basis rather than just topical experiences that we have with each other as well. 
Mm, yum. Marsha, we're cooking up a pretty good banquet, aren't we? Absolutely. What were your takeaways for tonight? In my class as a student, I read that exercise on the boxes, and I was thinking, oh, well, I can just get through that really fast. But I reread this tonight, and it was actually talking more along all the experiences I've had. And I realized tonight that through all the experiences that I have had, whether good or bad, the choices I made, some of them were very bad. And I realized that along the way, I did work on them a little bit at a time. But now I'm here and I'm open and I'm free to actually let go of all those things that were holding me back and open up and, hey, if I'm opening up to the worst side of me, the things that I have done in my past, believe me, you guys are probably saints compared to what I've done. (laughs) So... Don't be hard on yourself. Allow yourself to, honestly, allow yourself to be in that flow of grace where forgiveness and love and all that pours so freely upon us at all times. It's okay. And that's an awesome feeling to get to where I say to myself, wow, I did work on myself a little bit. And I have, honestly, I have been the worst sinner, I bet, in this group. If I told you everything that I have done... And I hope to God that you would not judge me harshly. <laughs> well, careful, Marsha. All they got to do is go back and listen to your calls on Team Clarity, and the, the truth Absolutely. will set you free. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not going to worry about it because I think along the way I've made some special, special relationships with people, and I know they don't judge me half as much as I'm judging myself for it. I do believe that we need to start with forgiving ourselves as well. If we don't do that, then how can anybody else forgive us? Bingo. Bingo. We have, as of this moment, finished our first month together. We're officially starting our journey on opening up receiving. And by receiving, we're going to look at our material world first. Chapter one is all about our physical, material world, and we're going to go on a treasure hunt. Marsha, reflecting back now, you've had a few months that have traveled by. Any thoughts on your treasure hunt or the treasure hunt exercise? (laughs) I'm not afraid anymore to really write my feelings, and that has helped me tremendously. And I think that once we start discovering that it's okay to have feelings and it's okay to explore them and nobody's going to chew your head off, we're going to be fine. And Marsha, you're coming from a unique perspective on our first chapter because from all practical purposes, I'm asking you to dive into your physical material world, your stuff. And because Marsha has traveled so much and moved so much, there wasn't a whole lot of physical stuff to look at. And for those who fall into that, I'd like you to just draw upon your memory of your physical things. The focus for our first dive into the deep pool of receiving is to be really concrete, really look at how does our physical world affect our sense of worth? Because frankly, we're conditioned as a species. What we can see, touch, taste, hear, or smell we're often inclined to judge it, true or false. Not a rhetorical question. You can answer in. 
That's absolutely true, Soul, because every sensory experience we have some kind of bias over. And so aren't we conditioned that, oh, look where they live. Oh, look where they drive. Oh, look what they're wearing. Oh, look what they're eating. Oh, look how they're dressed. Oh, look how they're not dressed. We form snap judgments almost without thinking about it. True? So this is Cream again. I used to judge on financial and appearance and maybe clothes or car status. Now I judge on belief systems. What do you actually believe, Jim? more empowering beliefs and do you use them or do you have more limiting beliefs that's what i started looking and it almost turns nine out of ten people with empowering beliefs are usually the ones with those fancy things not because they're any better but because they have different beliefs they're open to receiving Mm -hmm. good stepping stone as we start chapter one we've got a whole month to do chapter one and for this upcoming week you'll see in the new to-do list let's just review the chapter let's just get it under our skin as if like you're reading a cookbook and you're looking at a recipe and you read the recipe and you go oh i got to get to the store and get da 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 let's prepare to start doing our treasure hunt so that by week two we're actually diving into our treasure hunt This exercise is one of the more unique exercises because as you get in touch with what certain material things in your world mean to you, it's important for you to really get in touch with your feelings around it because these feelings help or hurt your sense of worth. So with that thought in mind, as always, Miss Marsha, I bow in gratitude for helping steer this ship this evening. Any other thoughts before we wrap? I really appreciate the amount of perspectives we have here. And I feel that everybody needs this course or some kind of a course where they can really see what kind of paradigms they're working off of. Because so many times in this world, we don't realize that we're operating on a paradigm that's giving us the results we don't want. So it's interesting to look at everybody's belief system and my own and see where I'm doing well and where I'm lacking. Wonderful. We'll catch you next week, everybody. Aloha. Aloha. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Aloha.